Welcome to the Coming Out of the Dark Bible Study with Pastor John. Tonight's study will be in the book of Mark. We invite you to join us at 1 Oakley Avenue in North Providence, Rhode Island. This podcast is presented to you by The Way Ministries, supported by listeners like you. For donations, live videos, podcasts, and more, please visit www.thewayministriesri.org. Thank you and have a great day. Let's get started. Welcome to the Coming Out of the Dark Bible Study. I want to thank everyone for coming out tonight to get a portion of God's Word. Amen? Amen. All right, first and foremost, let's thank our Lord and Savior tonight. Thank you, Jesus, for coming into our lives, opening our eyes, so we can see spiritually, Lord. Help us to grow, Lord. Thank you for your grace and mercy. We're grateful for everything you do. Thank you for saving us and doing for us what we can never do for ourselves. Amen? Amen. I'd like to thank all the faithful servants in the ministry, one body. Many parts. Many parts. Many parts. Thank you. If you have a cell phone, please silence it so it doesn't disturb tonight's service. And let's start with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Gracious Father, our Lord Jesus, thank you for allowing us this beautiful night, Lord, to gather together again, Lord, as your family to worship, honor, and glorify you, Lord, and learn more and more about your ways, Lord, and help us to get rid of our ways, Lord, and to become more like you, Lord, and your matchless grace and tender-hearted mercies to begin afresh every day, Lord, for without that, we'd never be able to go on and carry out your plan for our lives, Lord. Thank you for all the faithful followers, Lord, as we all gather tonight, Lord, to learn more about you as one body with many parts, Lord. We're grateful for each and every one of us, I pray for the people that are lost, or the ones that are wayward, Lord, that you draw them back this year as our hearts are opened for New Year's, Lord. We bring them back, Lord. And I pray for a new, new gathering, too, Lord. Bring some new people, Lord, quality people into our congregation, Lord, so we can grow and teach more people about Jesus, Lord. Help us all to become faithful servants, Lord. Help us to live lives according to your will, Lord, not our own, Lord. Pray for the people that are sick, Lord, that you help heal their bodies so they can come back to us soon. Lord, and I just pray that you just touch everyone's heart tonight, Lord. And as always, let everything we do tonight be led by your spirit, Father, and not our flesh. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen and amen. Alright, let's stand and worship the Lord.
Great job, right? Yeah, awesome song, right? Let my Jesus change your life, amen? And he has. He's making changes in all of our lives. Whether we like it or not. Doesn't matter. We belong to him. We belong to him, and he's going to keep working on us. That's a beautiful thing, that he never gives up on us. We give up on ourselves. We give up on people all the time. But he never gives up on us. Isn't that awesome? What an awesome God. He makes a way when there ain't no way. Rises up from an empty grave. Ain't no sinner that he can't save. If he can save this sinner, he can save any sinner. That's for sure. <laughs> Amen. All right, how's everybody doing tonight, all right? Better now, right? Need this more and more, don't we? The weight of the world gets really heavy. The way, you know, you, know, you watch things and you say, well, everybody's just accepting the wrong stuff. It's just so loosely said to all the stuff I see on TV and everything. I said, wow, years ago, you could never say that on TV or do that. It was all censored and cut off and you couldn't. Now they're like, wow. I'm like shocked. The thing of it is, people are like accepting it. It's like nobody, it's so loosely said, they're saying it everywhere, you know, this, that, and the other thing. Oh, you know, I don't even want to get into it, forget it. Let's just, we just go into the Bible. I'm glad I'm here. <laughs> it's so twisted out there. Everything's backwards. All right, let's go to 1 Peter 1. Holy Spirit's going to be taken over, so I just ask you to clear your heart and your mind of all the way to the world so we can get a nice crystal clear message from God's Spirit tonight. Amen? I was trying to say to the church. All right, First Peter chapter 1, we're going to go in verse 1. We're going to go right up to 1. There we go. You already know that. <laughs> Greetings from Peter. This letter is from Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ. I am writing to God's chosen people who are living as foreigners in the province of Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. Bithynia, in Greystone. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He's talking to Greystone tonight. God the Father knew you and chose you long ago. And his spirit has made you holy. Isn't that awesome how he's made us holy? That's awesome. As a result, you have obeyed him and have been cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. On Christ, the solid rock, we stand, all the ground is sinking stand. We build our new spiritual life on the rock, knowing that our salvation is secure, heaven is our home, and he's just going to restore us, and he's going to build us up on that. Amen? May God give you more and more grace and peace. That's awesome. Boy, we need that, to, don't we? <clears throat> grace and peace. The world tries to take our peace. The devil The Bible says, search for peace and work to maintain it. We have to maintain our peace. The devil is always trying to stop us from having peace and joy in the Lord. Now, the hope of eternal life, verse 3. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by his great mercy 
that we have been born again because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Now we live with great expectation and we have a priceless inheritance, an inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. So I'll, it's, that's why I said we're locked in. It's, it's, it's far beyond the reach of change. He won't change it or decay. It won't deteriorate our spiritual life. We're going to heaven and that's a fact and that's locked in. Thank you, Jesus. And it's not because of anything, anything good in us. It's because of what he did for us at the cross. Shed his blood. And look at verse 5. And through your faith, God is protecting you by his power until you receive this salvation, which is ready to be revealed on the last day for all to see. So be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead even though you must endure many trials for a little while. So, any of us going through trials? It says you have to endure them for a little while, okay? Endure many trials for a little while. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. This is the thing. When we get tested and tried, we don't walk away. We, keep, we pick ourselves up, we dust ourselves off, and we're back in the race again. That's how we know that it's a true faith. It's tested, right? It'll show that your faith is genuine when you hang in there no matter what. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. See what it says right here? So when your faith remains strong through all the trials and you stay strong, it will bring much praise and glory and honor on the day. It'll bring you praise and glory. When Jesus comes back, you'll be like, your head will be up high. Lord, I hung in there waiting for you, Lord. Thank you. Take me home. You won't hang your head in shame. said, I walked away, Lord. I, I, I couldn't handle it, so I walked away. It'll keep us strong. Many trials. We're going to have a lot of trials. It tells us right here. More to come. All right, look what it says. You love him even though you have never seen him. Though you do not see him now, you trust him. And you rejoice with the glorious, inexpressible joy. The reward for trusting him will be the salvation of your souls. This salvation was something even the prophets wanted to know more about when they prophesied about this grace of salvation prepared for you. They wondered what time or situation the spirit of Christ within them was talking about when he told them in advance about Christ's suffering and his great glory afterward. They were told that their messages were not for them themselves, but for you and for us. Amen. And now this good news has been announced to you by those who preached in the power of the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. We're preaching right now by the power of the Holy Spirit to you. Sent from heaven. It is also wonderful that even the angels are eagerly watching these things happen. The angels are just waiting and watching. That's awesome, man. We're in here right now. 
Imagine if, remember when, um, was it Gideon? He said, open their eyes so they can see. It was not Gideon. One of the, one of the, open their eyes so they could see. There was myriads and myriads of angels in chariots to fight the battle. He opened their eyes to let them see it. Imagine if he said, Lord, open our eyes. Right. And we see them all in here right now. They're hanging out, standing room only. That'd be awesome, right? They're even in there. <laughs> Downstairs, they're everywhere. Now, let's keep going here. This is a real good chapter. The Spirit speaking here. So prepare your minds for action and exercise self-control. Put all your hope in the grace of salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. Now look what it says in verse 14. So you must live as God's obedient children. Um, I guess a lot of churches forget to leave, leave them scriptures out. It says, so you must live as God's obedient children. I think my brother Oliver was talking about that Monday. He was saying, turn or burn. I like that. Turn or burn. Well, that's what it is. If we don't turn from our sins, we burn in our sins. It's unquenchable. <laughs> Don't, now here's what it tells us, because this always, this always has a chance to slip back. It says, don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. You didn't know any better then. See, you didn't know any better then. It was ignorance. Now we can't use ignorance anymore. That's why God chastens us a lot harder. But now you must be holy in everything you do, just as God who chose you is holy. For the scriptures say you must be holy because I am holy. And remember that the heavenly father to whom you pray has no favorites. He will judge or reward you according to what you do. So you must live in reverent fear of him during your time here as temporary residents. Right? We're temporary residents here. That's why we're not going to have our best life now. We're just passing through. Can I get an amen for this? Reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy forever in the next. We have something to look forward to that the lost and dying world doesn't. They're enjoying all their stuff now, but eat, drink, and be merry, but tomorrow they die and burn in eternity. We, go, we, we move on to the next stage of eternal life. A life of joy and peace. And patience and perseverance. But we don't suffer anymore. Amen. And we don't hunger. Amen. The only thing we hunger for is Jesus. <laughs> and he's always going to be with us. Ruling and reigning. Okay. Now it says right here. Temporary residence. For you know that God paid a ransom to save you. From the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. And it was not paid with mere gold or silver, which lose their value. It was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless spot and lamb of God. God chose him as your ransom long before the world began. But now, in these last days, he has been revealed for your sake. How about a big amen there? He's always revealed to us. Every time we open the book, he's revealing himself to us. Every time you read the, do the Bible in a year, he's revealing himself to you. I don't know about you, but every time I get in there, I say, Lord, please clear my mind so I can hear what you're trying to say in this message you're teaching me today. Because if you don't, 
you know, it clouds our minds. You just get it, and it just goes in, and you don't retain anything, or you don't remember anything. But when you stop, I pray, so Lord, let me clear my mind. Let me hear you speaking to me today through them scriptures, your message, what you would like me to retain today. I have to willfully do that, or shh, my mind drifts off into deep space nine. It seems like the devil knows that. It seems like every time we go into our prayer life, into our worship, all that stuff, things start to bombard our thought process, to block it from coming in. We have to what? Stop, say no, and not let them in so we can receive what we need to receive. The devil tries to scramble us and get us worried about things and think about other things and then clear in our minds. The Lord didn't give me a spirit of fear and timidity, but power, love, and a sound mind. So you need a sound mind, a sober mind, to take the scriptures in. Now, soberness isn't just not getting drunk. Sober from what? The world system and the ways of the world. Thinking of the thoughts of God. Just sobering our minds. Being vigilant like I'm keyed in. The spirit is speaking to the spirit. Let me hear the voice of God tonight. Today. It's like right now. We have to prepare for this. Or else, what's for supper? I got to work tomorrow. This comes in. That comes in. Am I the only one that goes through this? No. No. I got to ask God, no, stop. It's a, it's a willful, it's, it's, it's a learn, to learn to discipline our minds. Once we discipline our minds, then we can discipline the outcome of our bodies too. This is going to get disciplined first. Because what you think you become. All right, let's go into our study. We are Mark chapter 14, and I know somebody marked this. Verse 39. But we're going to... Chapter 14, verse 39. But we're going to back up to verse 37. Remember we're in the garden? Jesus was telling them to stay awake and watch. Stay on God. Verse 37, he said, Then he returned and found the disciples asleep. Jesus asked them to keep an eye out for him. (laughs) This is the same thing for us. We want to read the word of God. We got to keep an eye out for God so we don't get tired, fall asleep. I don't know about you, but I start reading the word of God. All of a sudden, I'm more tired than any other time. It's weird. I know it's an attack. It's an attack. I have to like snap out of it. All right. So we turn. Then he said, "Then he found the and Peter and said to Peter, Simon, are you asleep? Couldn't you watch with me even an hour? Right? He said, couldn't you hang in there with me for an even an hour in the Word of God? Imagine trying to hang with him for an hour in the Bible. Because sometimes the daily walk, right? Some of them are long, right?" They're not an hour, though. Just imagine an hour, spending a whole hour shutting everything off with Jesus. You'd probably fall asleep, too. The devil's always trying to stop us from spending that quality time with God. Always. It says, keep watch and pray. Stay vigilant and pray so that you will not give in to temptation. See, Jesus was telling them. Just keep watching pray so you won't give in to temptation. Temptations keep bombarding us all the time. For the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. 
Now we know how weak our flesh is because when you try to say no to it, we're just so weak we can't say no to it. So we follow it. It's like the spirit wants to, but the flesh is just so weak and wants to do its own thing. And any man here. No matter how, long, how many times we come to church and how many times we read the Bible, the devil's always trying to get us off track. All right. Now, in verse 38, you may not face execution for your faith, okay? But you probably face many problems that weigh you down, right? All of us do. And they weigh us down. You deal with irritating people whom you must love and serve and face the burden of unfinished tasks or lack of obvious results. You cope with, help, with helpers who let you down or fail to comprehend. Remember that in times of great stress, you are vulnerable to temptation, even if you have a willing spirit. Jesus explained how to resist, okay? Talked about this last week. Verse 1, keep watch, be vigilant, pay attention. Stay awake and be morally vigilant. Two, pray to God constantly. This is how you maintain your vigilance. It says don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Now that's something that I'm in the process of learning how to do. I pray, but I don't pray about everything. So I'm getting there though. I'm starting to pray more and more. It's something that I have to willfully do. Pray more and more and more. Okay, this is how you maintain it. Three, seek support of friends and loved ones. Right? This is how you build up your resistance and help others. When one is weak, others are strong. You come to church beat up, beat up. You come in with your brothers and sisters and it's just get re rejuvenated and energized again. We help each other out. All of us get weary in the journey. How about an amen there? Okay? Awesome. For, and four, focus on the purpose God has given you. Focus on what's my purpose? Why did I get up today? What is God doing in my life? What does he want me to do for him? Always going to key into your will be done today, Lord, not mine. Always stay focused on his will, not yours. This is how you do God's will and not your own. Right? It's your will, not mine, be done today. Do we have to what? We have to willfully say these things or else it doesn't happen. We take our will back. My way, my day. My day, my way. <laughs> Man, it rhymes. <laughs> but it does, though. We get selfish. We do. All right, verse 39. Then Jesus left them again and prayed the same prayer as before. When he returned to them again, he found them sleeping, for they couldn't keep their eyes open, and they didn't know what to say. When he returned to them the third time, he said, Go ahead and sleep, have your rest. But no, the time has come. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Up. Let's be going. Look, my betrayer is here. Right? Judas, right? And, and what, what was the signal 
they, they said to kiss them, right? Imagine that's where they get the kiss of death from. That's where they get the kiss of death from. Jesus is betrayed and arrested, verse 43. And immediately, even as Jesus said this, Judas, one of the twelve disciples, arrived with a crowd of men armed with swords and clubs. Now Judas was with them guys, right? No, he was with the revolution. He was with the other crowd. Imagine coming in with... He was hanging with them all his life, doing the will of God, and then all of a sudden he's hanging with these people that are trying to kill him, kill Jesus. What a betrayer. Then he says... The, and the, look what he said. The traitor Judas, leading priest, um, let me back up here. The 12 disciples arrived with a crowd of men armed with swords and clubs. They had been sent by the leading priests, the teachers of religious law, and the elders. The traitor Judas had given them a prearranged signal. You will know which one to arrest when I greet him with a kiss. Wow. Judas walked up to Jesus. Rabbi, he exclaimed, and gave him the kiss. Don't you think that was wearing on his conscience as he was coming up there to do that? He still went through with it, though. Money. The love of money was more powerful than the love of Jesus. And that's what happens today. Love of money overtakes the love of Jesus. Many, many times for people. All right, before we go on now, Judas was given a contingent of police and soldiers, John 18, 3, in order to seize Jesus and bring him before the religious court for trial. The religious leader had issued a warrant for Jesus' arrest. And Judas was acting as Jesus' official accuser. Who's the accuser in the Bible? Satan is called the accuser of the brethren, right? So Satan was in Judas, the accuser. And that just tells us right then and there that Satan could enter into anybody. He was entering into the disciples. He entered into Peter. He enters into all of us when we what? Willfully obey him and disobey God. When we disobey God, we open the door for Satan to come in. Whenever we're disobedience and sin, we get a chink in our armor, and guess who comes in? Satan comes in. The only way he's not going to come in is when we're obedient to God and resisting him. Can I get an amen for this? Our sin weakens our spiritual life. So that's why everybody says, well, I got God's grace. No, I know I just can't help it. No, you can help it. You're choosing to do something and let the devil into your life. You're letting, you're choosing to let the devil into your life because as soon as you sin, the devil enters in. And when you let him in, you say, well, I love Jesus. But no, you love your sin more. If you love Jesus more, you'd say no. That's why we have to get stronger spiritually so we can say no to that because the spirit is willing, but the flesh is. So what has to do with the flesh has to die. Spiritual growth is killing our flesh. And the only way you're going to do that is by constantly being vigilant of God's ways and his word and saying, I'm going to be obedient to God today, not myself. I'm going to be obedient. Why? Because I have the power to do so through Jesus Christ. I can say no. 
I can say no. It's my choice. We couldn't say no before, but now we can choose to say no. And we can squirm for a little while, but the devil will flee. We have to write it out, though. He doesn't just run away. No, he keeps bombarding us. Like we figure, we, he makes us feel like we have to fulfill it. Like it's overbearing, the cravings and the craziness that come into our hearts. The devil makes it so strong. But Jesus said, I'm, he who is in me is greater and stronger than he who is in the world. And you have to keep fighting back with these scriptures. That's why it has to get in here. It has to get in. Okay, in verse 46. Then the others grabbed Jesus and arrested him. But one of the men with Jesus pulled out his sword and struck the high priest's slave, slashing off his ear. Imagine the ear just cutting it. He cut it right off. He slashed it right off. Man, that was nasty, right? Okay, in verse 47, according to John 18.10, the person who pulled out the sword was Peter. Yup, according to John 18.10, it was Peter. Right? Luke 22.51 records that Jesus immediately healed the man's ear and prevented any further bloodshed. Now, don't you think just right then and there what Jesus did, they would have said, stop. Let's not arrest. Only only God can do that. Put his ear back on and heal him. He did it in front of everybody. Did that work? Nope, they still went and got him. The religious leaders were more, had more control over the people. Their religious leaders had more control over the people than a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's just what religion does. We follow rules over following Jesus. Yeah? They teach man-made principles as commandments of God. And that's why a lot of people go for it. You know why? It's easy to follow a ritual saying, oh, if I go to church, put money in the basket, do penance, do these things, well, God's going to be happy with me, and that's good. I did my good thing for the day. And there's no relationship there. It's all a bunch of robots in church doing the same thing. Yeah, yeah. So then when you leave church, you're the same or worse than you went in. Till the next week comes. And everybody looks outwardly for signs of God instead of inwardly. Oh, how could they say they were Christian? Look what they did. They didn't shake my hand. They didn't kneel. They didn't. Look what they're wearing. Look what they're wearing. Look what they're doing. Look where they're driving. Look at the way they're doing these things. They can't be of God. They're not following all these things. Right? Instead of saying... How are they acting? How are they behaving? They love people. The outward things mean nothing. Nothing. Even unbelievers can follow outward, outward things. There's people that, you, you see them, they irritate you on the road, right? They say, follow, you know, speed limit 25. And they go, exactly 25. Exactly. And I'm looking at my speedometer and say, they won't drop or go up one more. The whole trip. I'm like, how can I pass them? I can't pass them. <laughs> if anything makes my flesh come out the most, it's, it's when I get stuck in traffic and when people are just down, outright ignorant on the road. 
Don't think of anybody else. It makes my flesh. I'm working on that one, boy. Lord, help me. I'm telling Lord, help me, help me, help me, help me, help me. Help me, 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 help me. Help me, help me, help me. You know, the, the light turns green and it takes 30 seconds for them to go and it's like, the light's turning yellow already. I'm like, oh my goodness. <laughs> but I know it's God trying to teach me to be patient, you know. And I just, I'm just, I fail in that area often, you know. Okay. Verse 48. Jesus asked them, Am I some dangerous revolutionary that you come with swords and clubs to arrest me? Like Jesus was never armed or violent. They didn't even have to. All they had to do was say, Jesus, come with us. And then we would have went. Why didn't you arrest me in the temple? I was there among you teaching every day. But these things happened to fulfill what the scriptures say about me. Then all the disciples deserted him and ran away. He didn't say just Peter. He said what? All of them. When the trouble comes, how faithful a Jesus follower is going to be then. We're going to see how many people. These, the apostles walked with Jesus. They seen the miracles. They knew exactly who he was. And they still walked away. An eye-opener, isn't it? Everybody says, oh, I love Jesus. I'm, just like Peter said, I'm ready to die for you. He said, die for me? You're going to start swearing and telling people you don't even know me. But he didn't even know he was going to do that, okay? God already, just like we don't even know that we're going to do it. We don't even know that we're going to do it until the day comes. Follow me, die for me? And I say to myself, Lord, strengthen me so I can withstand. If those trials come, don't let my flesh run away. Let me stand strong for you, Lord. Like I said, let me be the person that I say that I am when that day comes. It's easy to say, we're sitting here now nice and comfortable and everything. But if we knew that there was trouble right outside the door and they're telling us to close down the church, if we don't, they're going to bust through. What do you do then? Keep preaching. Close no door for nobody. Right? And then they come in. So you know what? Well, put one right here. Get me out of here then. If that's what's going to happen. But no, but I'm... No, I'm not going to let that happen. <laughs> I'm not going to let that happen. <laughs> Me and my Springfield, I'm not going to make sure they don't get through that door. Because we're not fools either. We don't, God didn't tell us not to protect ourselves either. We are going to protect ourselves. And this church is going to be well protected. Amen? Oh, yeah. It's not going to come to that. But I'm just saying, if it did come to that, what are you going to do? I mean, if you're walking on the street and somebody just puts a, a gun to your head. They do that in other countries. Yeah. Worship Allah right now or die. Really? That's what they'll cut your head off. (laughs) 
No way. That's why we have to get strong spiritually to say, whatever comes our way, the troubles come. We're going to be able to withstand them. Thank you, Jesus. Okay? <laughs> they deserted him and ran away. Now, let me just reiterate on that before we go on. While most of us may not be like the Jewish and Roman leaders, we are like the disciples because all of us have been guilty of denying Christ as Lord in vital areas of our lives. We may pride ourselves that we have not committed certain sins, but we are all guilty of sin. Don't try to excuse yourself by pointing at others whose sins seem worse than yours. Right? You can say to yourself, well, I, all I took from what was a paperclip, they robbed the whole business. They, they embezzled thousands of dollars. All I took was a paperclip. No, you're just as much as a thief as the one who stole all the money. Just that paperclip. What it is, you stole something that didn't belong to you, and so it's in your heart. That's how Jesus says. It doesn't matter how much or what it is. It's what's in your heart that takes something that doesn't belong to you. So we're all a thief. That's what he's trying to say. When we judge ourselves to anyone else saying, oh, I only took the sugar packs when the guy held up the Dunkin' Donuts. Well, does it any different in God's eyes? Nope. That's why it says, don't point at others whose sins seem worse than ours. Okay, verse 51. One young man following behind was clothed only in a long linen shirt. When the mob tried to grab him, he slipped out of his shirt and ran away naked. <laughs> I'm out of here. <laughs> I could imagine what that looked like. Well, now, why is it in there? There's a reason. Like, do anything to get away from it, right? Do anything. Right? He says, one young man following behind. Why did they put this in the Bible? Why? Because he's trying to say that that's how fast. It doesn't matter how once you run away from Jesus. Take the shirt off your back. Look, one young man following behind was clothed only in a long linen shirt. When the mob tried to grab him, he didn't say, "Come, I'm going with Jesus. What did he do? He said, no way, and he took off the other way. <laughs> he slipped out of his shirt and ran away naked. <laughs> Everything's in there for a reason. <laughs> Jesus before the council. They took Jesus to the high priest's home where the leading priests and elders and the teachers of religious law had gathered. Meanwhile, Peter followed him at a distance and went right into the high priest's courtyard. He sat with the guards, warming himself by the fire. So he hung in there, you know, he was just hanging around a little bit, right? Inside, the leading priests and the entire high council, or the Sanhedrin, were trying to find evidence against Jesus so they could put him to death. But they couldn't find any. They couldn't find any reason to kill him. Wow. Verse 56. Many false witnesses 
spoke against him, but they contradicted each other. So they couldn't get their story straight because they were all lying. So they couldn't, so they couldn't get believed, right? Finally, some men stood up and gave this false testimony. We heard him say, I will destroy this temple made with human hands, and in three days I will build another made without human hands. But even then, they didn't get their story straight. They couldn't get it right. But look how many people that they tried, the devil got into to try to... There was more than just this one person. The devil was into all these people. Controlling them. Look at verse 60. Then the high priest stood up for the others and asked Jesus, Well, aren't you going to answer these charges? What do you have to say for yourself? But Jesus was silent and made no reply. So they were mocking him, accusing him, doing all things. How many Christians say, i got to defend myself? And I'm saying, I thought we're supposed to be like Jesus. When we get the accuser comes, we're supposed to stay silent. That's why you get all these people fighting in Southern Church, trying to defend what they believe, instead of just leaving it in God's hands. Even when other people around us Talk about, look, oh, I don't believe in that stuff. It's just a book, this, that, and the other thing. You know it's just the devil trying to get your flesh to come out. And then what do you do? You start defending it. And then you start getting what? Angry and bitter. And then you start to get hateful. And then the devil just wins. Because we're supposed to show love for our enemies. Right? He was silent and made no reply. So... What would be the spiritual thing to do when people come up and start talking smack? Keep your mouth shut and leave it in God's hands. And then when you don't, does God still love you? Of course he still loves you, but you make a mess. You make a mess. You start yelling and defending and saying all these things. And then what? You feel guilty later. Saying, I should have kept my mouth shut. Why did I open my big mouth again? Why didn't I just keep my mouth shut and let Jesus handle it? Yeah. We just, we're just so stubborn. You know what it is? We, we don't stop and think. We refuse to stop and think and let the Holy Spirit take over. Right? We come, what comes up? Right away. And you know that's not of God. Okay. Verse um, 16. The priest stood up for all, not Jesus. Well, aren't you going to answer these charges? What do you have to say? But Jesus was silent and made no reply. Then the high priest asked him, Are you the Messiah, the Son of the Blessed One? Jesus said, I am. <laughs> Exodus 3.14. And you will see the Son of Man seated in the place of power, at God's right hand. Right? Psalms 110.1. And coming on the clouds of heaven. Daniel 7.13. See, Jesus used scripture all through, his all through everything. He talked. Look at verse 63. Then the high priest tore his clothing to show his horror and said, Why do we need other witnesses? You have all heard his blasphemy. What is your verdict? Guilty. They all cried. He deserves to die. Wow. All right, before we go on. To the first question, listen now, Jesus made no reply. 
because it was based on confusing, confusing and erroneous evidence. Not answering was wiser than trying to clarify the fabricated accusations. But if Jesus had refused to answer the second question, right, he would come to judge his accuser and they would have, no, have to answer his question. Psalms 110.1, Revelations 20.11-13. 65. Then some of them began to spit at him. And they blindfolded him and beat him with their fists. Prophesy to us, they jeered. And the gods slapped him as they took him away. Wow. Got a couple more. We'll stop here. This trial by the high council had two phases, okay? A small group met at night, and then the full high council met at daybreak, Luke 22, 66 to 71. They tried Jesus for religious offenses, such as calling himself the Son of God, which according to law was blasphemy. The trial was fixed. These religious leaders had already decided to kill Jesus before that. Luke 22, 2. 2.22. Yep. They decided to kill him way before that. So Jesus knows when to speak and when not to speak. Because Jesus, they asked him, are you the son of man? I am. He said it right, I am. That's what, that, they've got so, because when they said the word, when they say I am, they knew from the Old Testament that God said, just tell them, I am. Who do we say you are? Who do, just say, I am. So when he said, I am, they were crawling out of them. They wanted to kill him even more. Because he was saying that I'm God. And they hated him even more. Oh, yeah, it was true. They knew, they, you know, they knew he was. They knew he was. They killed him anyway. Because it had to be fulfilled in the prophet, in the prophecies. All right, we're going to stop there. We're out of time. So when we get back together, we're going to answer, go to verse 66. Verse 66. All right. Wayne, you want to come up and close us? And we'll, uh, we're going to do, we'll do a video. Let's all bow our heads in prayer. My brothers and sisters, we're truly grateful to have this beautiful church. God gave it to us. It was a long journey. We're truly blessed to have Pastor John and Lori in this ministry. Lord, we ask you to keep them rooted in the scripture, keep them safe from the schemes of the devil. When we leave here, we always have to put on our, our armor of God so we can stand firm against the schemes of the devil. The world out there is always trying to attack us. We're not going to let that happen. As Pastor John always says, one body, many parts. I truly believe that. We want to have you all have safe traveling ministers, and may God bless us all. Amen. Amen. All right. Thanks, Wayne. All right. We're going to stand and watch your video.